Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. This podcast is sponsored by Talkspace. May is Mental Health Awareness Month, and Talkspace, the leading virtual therapy provider, is encouraging people to talk it out in therapy. By talking or texting with a supportive, licensed therapist at Talkspace, you'll gain insights, discover truths, and experience breakthroughs that will improve how you live and how you feel. With Talkspace, just answer a few questions online and you'll be matched with a therapist. And because you'll meet your therapist online, you don't have to take time off work or arrange childcare. You'll meet on your schedule, whenever you feel most at ease. Plus, Talkspace works with most major insurers, and most insured members only pay a $25 copay or less. No insurance? No problem. If you want to make progress toward a mentally healthier place, Talkspace is here for you. Now get $80 off your first month with promo code SPACE80 when you go to Talkspace.com. Match with a licensed therapist today at Talkspace.com. Save $80 with code SPACE80 at Talkspace.com. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to the Jesus Stories podcast, the podcast that tells the stories of the life and teachings of Jesus without preaching. We speak in an informal, informative, and interesting manner. I'm your storyteller. I'm George Taylor, and we're on episode 43 today. Jesus is in the last hours with his disciples before his betrayal and trial before Israel and Rome. He and his disciples have left the city of Jerusalem, probably walking toward Bethany and the Garden of Gethsemane. Today we're going to hear two prayers which Jesus offers to his Father. Both prayers come from deep within his heart and his soul, prayers which speak to us today in power and authenticity. We'll delve into those in just a moment. I need to remind you first that this podcast only comes to you because of your support. How can you support us? Well, there are four ways. First, pray for us. This podcast is only one of the active studies in which I engage to teach the gospel to others. So I need stamina, wisdom, and mental acuity, and your prayers for such are indeed appreciated. Secondly, tell others about us. In today's social media world, I can make posts and present ideas on the various platforms that are out there, but it is your reposting and sharing and liking which actually make the difference in who will see and who maybe will respond to the posts. So, Check our Facebook, our Instagram, our Twitter links. You can find those on our website, jesusstories.info. That's jesusstories.info. Like and share them with your family and your friends. You can also tell others about us verbally, face-to-face. I've got an interesting Share This Podcast tab on my website, which has a sharing idea that may appeal to you. I've used this particular methodology. I invite you to check it out on the website and see if it's something you might try. And finally, 
a reminder that podcasts do cost money. A website costs money, and your financial support is what helps to make the podcast available to you and to the rest of the world. So click on the Support This Podcast menu for ways to share your resources with us. Thank you for the ways you choose to support us. We do appreciate it. Jesus and his disciples are probably in the Garden of Gethsemane, although we really don't know for sure. The scriptures tell us that Jesus looked up to heaven and then spoke a prayer, a deep and powerful prayer for himself, for his disciples then and for his disciples now. And as I've usually done, I'm going to use a combination of quotations and paraphrase to walk us through this prayer, and then I'll summarize for you at the close. Jesus begins by addressing his Father. His Father is Jehovah God. He addresses him on his own behalf. The time has come, he says. Time for what? Jesus knows that it is close to time for him to encounter death via the cross. He will endure a sham of a trial and torture before giving up his life. The time has come for all of this to begin. He says, glorify your son so he can give glory back to you. What does this glory mean? A dictionary definition of glory says that it is to give someone honor or special recognition. Jesus' life has been a glorification of his Father just by doing what he was asked to do. So Jesus is asking for a reflection of glory as he also glorifies his Father. After all, he continues, he, Jesus, has been given authority over everyone. He shows the way to have eternal life, that's life forever, by knowing Jehovah God and knowing Jesus. Now, Father, bring me into the glory we shared before the world began. Jesus is speaking of his life before coming to earth, his life with the Father in heaven while living there. Then Jesus shifts his focus to his disciples, those who are around him and closest to him on the earth now. He says, I showed you, Jehovah God, I showed you to the ones who were given to him from this world. Now, some translations say, I showed your name. That's another way of saying that I showed your nature, your true character to these disciples. One paraphrase says, I spelled out your character in detail. So Jesus has shared that character and nature of his father Jehovah God with his disciples, men who belonged to Jehovah God, but who were given to Jesus. They've heard the message given by Jesus from Jehovah. They have obeyed, and they believe that Jesus was sent by Jehovah. Jesus will next focus his prayer on his disciples alone, not for the world. He's about to leave the world, but they, of course, will be staying. So he asks his father to protect them and to unite them. 
I protected them, he says, so that no one was lost except for the one headed for destruction as the scriptures foretold. He was talking about Judas Iscariot, who will betray him in the coming hours. Now, Jesus continues, I am coming to you. I told them many things while I was with them in this world, so they would be filled with my joy. He has given them the word that came from Jehovah God, and the world hates them because they do not belong to the world, just as I do not belong to the world. But I'm not asking you to take them out of the world, but to keep them safe from the evil one because they don't belong in this world any more than Jesus does. Again, Jesus is asking for protection from his Father for his disciples, protection from the evil one, Satan. He then asks his Father to make these disciples holy. We said before that holiness referred to being set apart for a spiritual purpose. Make them holy, he says, by your truth. Teach them your word, which is truth. In other words, teach them your, Jehovah God's, word, his commands, his decrees, his way of living, his truth, and their obedience will make them holy. Just as Jehovah God sent Jesus into the world, Jesus is now sending his disciples into the world. And I give myself as a holy sacrifice for them so they can be made holy by your truth. Jesus' sacrificial death contributes to the holiness that his disciples will have. Jesus now shifts to all who will ever believe in me through the message. If you are a current believer and a follower of Jesus, this is for you. Jesus' prayer is for unity, and that that unity will convince the world that Jehovah sent Jesus into the world. Jesus and Jehovah have modeled that unity, he says. You and I are one, as you are in me, Father, and I am in you. This is such a strong desire that Jesus reiterates this prayer. I have given them the glory you gave me so they may be one as we are one. I am in them and you are in me. May they experience such perfect unity that the world will know that you sent me and that you love them as much as you love me. And Jesus adds, he wants us to see the glory he has been given out of the love of his Father, glory given even before the world began. And finally, Jesus closes with these words, O righteous Father, the world doesn't know you, but I do, and these disciples know you sent me. I have revealed you to them, and I will continue to do so. Then your love for me will be in them and I will be in them. Jesus closed his prayer for him, for all of his disciples, then and now. He invites Peter, James, and John to come with him deeper into the garden. He's troubled. He's distressed. My soul is crushed with grief to the point of death, he says. Stay here and keep watch with me. Jesus went about a stone's throw away. He knelt and he prays, Father, if you are willing, please take this cup of suffering away from me. Yet I want your will to be done, not mine. 
This cup of suffering is an image that is rooted in the language of the Old Testament. We see it in the Psalms and in the prophets of old, like Jeremiah and Isaiah. That cup is a representation of the anger and punishment of Jehovah God. I've told you that Jesus knows what is about to happen. He knows that he will endure several sham trials. He'll be tortured. He'll be killed. And like anyone who might be facing such a future, he is praying that this might not happen, but only if it is what Jehovah God might want. He is asking that this cup, which he has witnessed through the ages, be removed from him. Yet I want your will to be done not mine. He prays this prayer so fervently that an angel is sent from heaven to strengthen him. He is in so much agony that his sweat poured off his face like drips of blood. He came back to check on Peter, James, and John. He found them asleep from exhaustion. He awakens Peter. Couldn't you stay awake for just an hour? Stay awake and pray so that you will not give in to temptation, for the Spirit is willing but the body is weak. Jesus goes off and prays again, My Father, if this cup cannot be taken away unless I drink it, your will be done. He comes back a second time. Again, he finds that his disciples are asleep. They just couldn't stay awake. So he goes off to pray a third time. When he returns, he realizes that the time is come. From across the Kidron Valley, he sees the torches of the temple guards and the Roman soldiers that are on their way to arrest him. So he awakens his disciples. Judas knew where Jesus and his disciples had gone. This is a common place for them to gather. And with that contingent of Roman soldiers and temple guards, he comes into the garden with torches blazing, lanterns and weapons, Judas has prearranged a signal with these troops. You will know which one to arrest when I greet him with a kiss. Then you may take him away under guard. Judas walks up to Jesus. He exclaims, Rabbi, and gives him a kiss. Jesus says, Judas, would you betray the Son of Man with a kiss? Jesus knows what is about to happen. He steps forward and he asks, who are you looking for? Jesus of Nazarene, they reply. Jesus says, I am he. And when he said this, the soldiers drew back and fell on the ground. Now let's stop there just for a moment. Why would these armed men fall back at Jesus' response to their question? Well, if you look at a Greek translation of the scriptures, the answer that Jesus gives is not, I am he. It's just, I am. Now, to a Jewish ear, and remember, the temple guards are Jewish men, and they've got Jewish leaders with them. To a Jewish ear, this is the same answer which Jehovah God gave to Moses when Moses asked for Jehovah's name. This encounter at the burning bush was seared into the Jewish consciousness and recorded for us in Exodus 3. I am becomes the equivalent to saying, I am God. So when the soldiers hear this reply from Jesus, I am, they fall back at the sound of the name of their God, or they fall back believing that they may have heard a blasphemous reply. And again, Jesus asked them, who are you looking for? 
And again they reply, Jesus, the Nazarene. And Jesus responds as anyone might, I told you, I'm him. Then he adds, since you want me, let the others go. This was to fulfill his own words that he didn't lose a single one of his disciples. So they grab Jesus and arrest him. The disciples see this and they exclaim, Lord, should we fight? We've got swords. Simon Peter grabs a sword and he slashes off the right ear of the slave of the high priest, Malchus. That's the slave's name, not the high priest's name. Jesus chastises him. Put away your sword. Those who use the sword will die by the sword. Don't you realize that I could ask my father for thousands of angels to protect us and he would send them instantly? But if I did, how would the scriptures be fulfilled that describe what must happen now? Jesus reaches out and he restores the slave's ear. Jesus then speaks to the priests, the captains of the temple guard, and the elders who had come for him. Am I some dangerous revolutionary, he asked. Am I so dangerous that you have to come with swords and clubs to arrest me? I was in the temple every day. Why didn't you arrest me then? But this is your moment, the time when the power of darkness reigns. The soldiers arrest Jesus. They tie him up. The disciples run away, and they tried to grab one man and clothed only in a long linen shirt, but he slipped out of the shirt and he ran away, naked. In the middle of the night, Jesus is arrested and carried away. His disciples have run away. From an earthly point of view, this story will only go down from here. But from a spiritual perspective, this story will take us to the greatest event in all of history, an event which overshadows us even today, 21 centuries later. It is indeed a matter of your point of view. And so next time, we'll continue describing these events which take us to this greatest event in all of history. We bring you these Jesus stories every two weeks, thanks to your support and your encouragement. I remind you that your financial support helps to pay the expenses for this effort. We value that support and thank you for it. Now, have you joined those who would help us out? Would you prayerfully consider doing so? Once you've prayed about your support, visit our website, jesusstories.info. Click on the Support This Podcast tab in the menu. You'll find ways to join our effort and maybe get some extras along the way. We're producing Jesus Stories extras, which could add to your understanding of some of the, what happens in these stories. These are available for those who join us through Patreon. You'll find a link on the website, jesusstories.info. And don't forget to like and subscribe on your podcast player and on social media. Again, all the links are on the website. Next time, Jesus will endure a trial before Annas and Caiaphas and the Sanhedrin, all before daybreak. And that doesn't compare with the examination which comes during the next day. Join me in two weeks as we talk about these events on our next Jesus Stories.
Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.